Racial injustice is a scourge on this nation, and the black community has felt it for generations. We have an obligation to do something about it. Whether it's canceling student debt, increasing the minimum wage, or investing in black-owned businesses, the black community deserves so much better. I'm Nina Turner, and I'm running for Congress to do something about it. Welcome to The Politocrat. I am Omar Moore. It is Saturday, July the 10th, 2021. On this edition of The Politocrat, when the corporations get bigger. Welcome to The Politocrat. I am Omar Moore. It is Saturday, July the 10th, 2021. On this edition of The Politocrat, when the world gets smaller and the corporations get bigger. I'll talk about that and explain right after this. Welcome back and welcome to Saturday. I mean, here we are Saturday, and I hope Saturday has been treating you nicely and decently and in good hands. I hope you are. And before I get to the main event of this day, (laughs) I want to just read out some headlines to you. Um, Coming off of the... um, Well, these are directly from the New York Times... I may comment on them, I may not. It just depends. It just depends. So this is from Saturday's New York Times, nytimes.com. Here is the front page of that newspaper online. A Texas man who waited hours to vote in the 2020 presidential primary was arrested on charges of illegal voting. That's one of the headlines on the front. Now, I am going to read some more of this, okay? The headline is Texas man who waited hours to vote is arrested on charges of illegal voting. Subtitle Hervis H-E-R-V-I-S Rogers was ineligible to cast a ballot in the 2020 presidential primary because he was still on parole. According to the state's attorney general, he now faces four decades in prison. Four decades. And this is a black man. And he's 62 years of age, okay? Isabella Grouillon Paz is the article writer on this day, July 10th, 2021. And I want you to think about that because he's 62. He's a black man. The charge is that he was still on parole. According to the state's attorney general, a Republican. And Hervis Rogers now faces 40 years, four zero years in prison because he wanted to do something democratic, which is to vote. This is absolutely outrageous. And then in Minnesota, 
A murderer named Derek Chauvin executes George Floyd. The world sees it over and over and over again. And he gets 22.5 years. And he's 45 years old. He's going to spend less time in prison than Hervis Rogers probably will. And Hervis Rogers is probably going to die in prison. There's a safe bet that he will. If he's going to face 40 years behind bars. Whereas Derek Chauvin has a blooming good chance of getting out of prison alive. And not only alive, but in less than 22 and a half years. Because if he has good behavior, well, he could be out in 10. He could be out in 5. This is bull crap. And then you've got people jumping up and down as they were last month when Chauvin got 22 and a half years. And I said at the time on this podcast that there's no reason why people should be jumping up and down and talking about this is a great sentence. And then you read this story about a Texas man who waited hours to vote, arrested on charges of illegal voting. This is Texas. And let's not forget Crystal Mason, also Texas, a black woman. Note a theme here. Hervis Rogers, a black man. Crystal Mason, a black woman. Crystal Mason had no idea that she was not allowed to vote. She was told by Texas officials, no, you can vote. She got a letter from Texas officials. No, you can vote. It's okay. She votes with their assent and then she's arrested and then she's put behind bars for years and years because she wanted to vote. Oh, you're not supposed to vote. Well, I was told I could. Your very officials in your office said so. They sent me a letter saying I could vote. And I did what they told me and now you're telling me I have to go to prison for how long? 25 years? 30 years? This is total bullshit. The man, Hervis Earl Rogers, I'm going back to this New York Times article about Isabella Grion Pass. The man, Hervis Earl Rogers of Houston, waited seven hours outside Texas Southern University to vote in the state's presidential primary in March 2020. On Wednesday, he was arrested and charged with two counts of illegal voting, a felony. According to court documents, the charges stem from ballots that Mr. Rogers cast on March 3rd, 2020. That was Super Tuesday, if you remember, last year. And November 6, 2018, those were the midterms. That was the year 2018 where you had AOC come in and Elon Omar come in and um, the other two individuals whose names escaped me. I don't know, Ayanna Presley and, of course, um, Rashida Tlaib. They all came in, the squad they were called, and still are called that. So these two votes on March the 3rd of last year and November the 6th of 2018 were votes while he was still on parole and not legally permitted to vote. Tommy Buser Clancy, a senior staff attorney for the ACLU of Texas and one of the lawyers representing Mr. Rogers, said Mr. Rogers thought that he could vote during the primary. And this is the next line that I agree with from Mr. Busa Clancy. 
Quote, Mr. Rogers' prosecution really shows the danger of over-criminalizing the election code and the process of participating in a democratic society, end quote, he said. In particular, it raises the danger that criminal statutes in the election code are being used to go after individuals who, at, at worst, have made an innocent mistake. That's not what any laws should be doing, end quote. And I agree. And this is the targeting. What the law is being used for in Texas is to go after people and find reasons and excuses and technicalities to throw them behind bars, incarcerate them, get them into the system. And once they got your ass in that system, your ass is theirs. And they will use that system on you and track you. It's like they've got an invisible electronic leash on you. It's as if you are being re-enslaved in a way. Except they don't have the chains around your neck and around your ankles and the shackles. Although they do have shackles for you when you're in prison. And this is absolutely targeted to criminalize black people and poor people, but particularly black people of any vintage whatsoever. So what they're doing is using law to actually get people off the streets, off the voting rolls, and into prisons, and private prisons on top of that. It's so insidious. This is the system that you are living in, that I am living in, that we are living in. And at the same time they are doing this and throwing 40 years at people like Hervis Earl Rogers and throwing 30 plus years at people like Crystal Mason, they are also at the same time making it harder for black and brown people to vote and for elderly people of all groups to vote and for poor white people to vote and for Asian people to vote and for native people to vote and for Latino people overall to vote. It's a double whammy. Texas is passing laws saying, oh no, you can't do this, you can't do that. And at the same time, they are, oh, they are absolutely criminalizing people who literally, their one crime, it's not even a crime, is they are not given clear instructions about whether they can or cannot vote. And they are told that they can vote, they go and do it, and then they get thrown into prison for 30 and 40 years. Really? Yes, really. It's just insane. And of course, the law shouldn't be doing that. I agree with Tommy Boozer Clancy. But of course, as Mr. Boozer Clancy should well know, this has been happening for centuries to black people. There's always been this over-criminalization of black folk with these laws. The black codes, come on, come on. All of these things, it's gone on forever. It's not new. It's not new at all. Ferguson, how many tickets? Ferguson, Missouri, how many tickets can we right up on black folk. Oh, you can't pay? We're going to throw you behind bars because you can't pay. We're going to set the price for these tickets at hundreds of dollars. Oh, you don't have that? Tough. Well, now we're going to throw you in jail. Oh, you don't have the bail? Tough. Well, you're going to stay in prison. I mean, this is how they do it. They throw you into another form of enslavement. That's what they do. And it's not just Missouri. It's all over the country. Oh, you don't have any bail money? Well, too bad, tough. We're throwing you in the slammer. I mean, this is how America is, the United States is. 
over-criminalizing you. If you're a white person murdering someone black, you get to walk the streets. If you're a black person who makes an honest and innocent mistake about wanting to participate in the democratic process, you get 40 blimmin' years in prison. That is a system that is designed to do exactly what it's doing. It's not something that's an oversight. It's not outrageous. Obviously, the results are. But this system is working just the way it was supposed to. And the way it's been working for over 500 blimmin' years. Of course, that's not what any laws should be doing. This is deliberate. And what you also do with laws like this is you actually do turn off some black folk from voting altogether because, right, because people who are getting gypped, they're not going to want to risk it anymore. I'm serious. They're not going to want to deal with this. And let me tell you, I talked about bail just a few moments ago, dear listener. Here's Mr. Rogers' bail. Talk about Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Listen to this. And it's, it, this is the bail that he's getting now. This is a 62-year-old man, 62-year-old black man, right? Here's the bail. He was being held at Montgomery County Jail. Bail set at $100,000. He could face upward of four zero years in prison. 20 years for each charge. Give me a goddamn break. There are people who murder us and they don't get any time at all. They're not even indicted. 20 friggin' years for being told that he could vote or believing he could vote and then voting. This isn't 20 years for some violent crime. This isn't 20 years for him stealing something. This isn't 20 years for a bank robbery. This isn't 20 years for murder. It's 20 years for voting, participating in the so-called democratic process. Mr. Rogers has a past criminal record. So now that sentence could be way beyond four zero years, 40 years. And because he's had a past criminal record, oh, we're just going to up it. These people just want black folk off the streets. They don't want us anywhere. I keep telling you, they don't want us here. They don't want us here. And there's some people who will listen to that from me and go, oh, well, he's just this and that. And he's just this and that and doom and gloom and da, 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 da. No, it's evidence. They don't want us here. And all you have to do is look. Look at your workplace. Look at your history. Look at the discrimination in this country that's gone on for hundreds of years. Look at who's in power and look who ain't. Look at the newsrooms. Look at your workplace. The next time you go back there, whenever that's going to be. With a mask on, I hope. With the fully vaccinated um, presence, I hope. And you tell me how many black people are in positions of power and how many of those people are owning these companies. It's ridiculous. You tell me who's in the front office of all these companies. They don't want you here. I keep telling people if they would listen. 
Ooh, I don't want to be told about that, though. And it's all around you. They want to throw you in jail. They want to criminalize you. They're all these ridiculous penalties to get you out of their sight. That's what this is all about. And they want to maintain power. That's the ultimate goal here. And they don't want anyone in their way, anybody in their way, especially us. Quote, this is the lawyer again. And this is a guy, Mr. Rogers, by the way, that, that had waited, waited nearly six hours to vote. The polls had already closed for at least an hour or so. And he arrived there just before seven. Many others had left the line. He was the very last person to vote. I remember this. I actually remember this story. And apparently they had said that he had been there for 17 hours. I saw this when I used to watch MSNBC. This is Super Tuesday, which is, you know, almost uh, almost 15 months ago now. Actually, it was 15 months ago. It was more than that. It was 16 plus months ago. And he was, I remember the picture of this guy. He was coming out of the uh, voting area and they said he was there for 17 hours. It's insane, but it's worth it, Mr. Rogers told Houston Public Media while waiting in line. Now, again, let me get back to this. Mr. Buser Clancy, this is the attorney for Mr. Rogers, said, quote, he's facing the possibility of an extremely harsh sentence, he said. Second degree felonies are normally reserved for aggravated assault and to apply it to Mr. Rogers' case, it shows just how unjust that is. No kidding. No kidding. Just ridiculous. I prosecute voter fraud wherever we find. I mean, this is just garbage. And the people who are doing this are Republicans predominantly. Voter fraud is something that is virtually non-existent. And then what you have is people trying to induce voter fraud or so-called voter fraud by making it clear to voters, oh, you can vote. And then they do and they go, oh, voter fraud, voter fraud. I mean, this is what Republicans do. They say, no, you can go ahead and do it. Then you do it. And then they go, no, voter fraud. It's a classic duping. Bait and switch on you. Oh, this system is broken. Oh, no, we've got to change it. And then they're the ones that broke it. And then they act like, oh, no, it's not us. We're here to fix it. It's like this kind of reverse Jedi mind trick that they do. And then they want to completely destroy the voting apparatus. So this is the thing that they are doing as they accuse Mr. Rogers of this, Hervis Rogers. And while they're accusing Hervis Rogers of, oh my God, you voted and you're not supposed to, these guys are actually destroying your ability to vote, making it harder for you. So they're committing two crimes. They're criminalizing Mr. Rogers. And on top of that, they're making it harder for you to vote. That's what the Republicans are all about. Stealth and absolute contempt for human beings. Fascist bunch they are. 
Crystal Mason was sentenced to five years in prison, by the way. She's still, she's still trying to go. She's still in behind bars. And it's 2021. Or I should make a correction here. She served 10 months in federal prison. She had violated the supervised release, but she has remained free on a $20,000 bond in a voting case. Now, her attorney, Alison Grinter, G-R-I-N-T-E-R, has been representing her. Now, if Crystal Mason loses her appeal, according to this same New York Times article, she will have to begin serving her five-year prison sentence, according to her attorney. Now, this is just so evil. So evil. They share a bond that neither of them wanted at this point, Miss Grinter said. She really feels for him and knows what it feels like to be made political sport of like this. On Friday, Miss Mason expressed support for Mr. Rogers. Quote, I wish this had never happened to you, Miss Mason wrote on Twitter. I'm sorry that you're going through this. Welcome to the fight. And this is the tragedy, right? The Texas state legislature completely criminalized, completely criminalized both Crystal Mason and Hervis Rogers. And that's the truth. That's the absolute truth. And it's disgusting. And we've got to fight back against it. Because this is what the country has long been. It's time for people to wake up and do something. Welcome back. I've just got a few other things to quickly point out here in the headlines. The Delta, this is all according to the New York Times at NewYorkTimes.com, and I've not got time to get through everything, and there's some other uh, news sources I was going to get to, but I just don't have the time. So I will get to at least a few of these really quickly. The Delta variant, the New York Times reports, accounts for nearly all cases in a Missouri hotspot. So in the Midwest, the Delta variant is running amok, and it is spreading all over this country. It's, it's getting worse again. So for those of you who are flinging off your masks, whether you are fully vaccinated or not, you need to put those masks back on. Back on. But I know people aren't going to do it. And they're going to wait to get sick or someone that they love gets sick before they think about putting a mask back on. This is a culture that is so impatient and too busy trying to go back to whatever they think normal is and too spoilt and too entitled and too selfish. And the result is this Delta variant is coming for your ass. As far as I'm concerned, that's exactly what it's doing. This is just not good enough. The cases are on the rise in the United States. They're on the rise in England. They're on the rise all across the world. And it's about time that people actually wake up and stop being so damn selfish. I mean, really, I've had, had enough of people around, walking around here without a care in the world. 
no sensitivity or care about the fact that the rest of this planet, including this country, the United States, is going through a pandemic. And you hear people on TV talking about this pandemic as if in the past tense, as I've said before. It's just absolutely pathetic. Charlottesville, by the way, removes the Robert E. Lee statue. Now, this is the statue, of course, that was the focus of that racist right-wing rally four years ago. And we are now, what, just a, barely a month away from the four-year mark of the murder of Heather Heyer. And so this is a white woman who was on the side of Black Lives Matter and was there in support of black lives. And she was run over by some racist, violent jackass. And her life was ended by this piece of garbage. And um, I think he either got the death penalty or a lifetime behind bars. Um, What a worthless piece of garbage. I mean, it's just so evil. And that worthless piece of garbage ended the life of someone who cared about people and cared about their humanity. And so on Saturday, Charlottesville, where this murder of Heather Heyer happened, removed the Robert E. Lee statue. Thank God. And a, a monument to Stonewall Jackson. Oh, Jesus. That was gone too. Thank goodness. They did the right thing in Charlottesville. Four years too late, 100 years too late, 150 years too late, but they did the right thing and they finally did. So there we go on that. One other thing, or maybe two other things here that I do want to point out really quickly. The Haiti issue, the serious things there go on in Haiti. Um, You know, a lot of arrests, Colombians, apparently ex-soldiers. And again, I, I have a long thing to say about that. I may talk about that tomorrow in some detail, but that's some of the latest going on there. The death toll in um, Surfside, Florida has risen to, I think, 86 now as more bodies are being found in the rubble, which is still being dug through and probably will still take another week or two before they finally get through it all. And by the time that happens, they're probably going to find so many more bodies. This is such a horrible thing. So that's going on. Also, uh, on a lighter note, in sports, a lot of busy things going on in sports now. Um, On Saturday, Ashley Barty won her first Wimbledon singles title. So congratulations to Ashley Barty from Australia. And I think that... uh, this is a, a really good thing. Uh, Yvonne Gulagon Corley won her first Wimbledon title 50 years ago. So I thought it fitting that Ash Barty won her first Wimbledon title 50 years later. And I think that really is something quite symbolic and meaningful. And um, played a very good match against Karina Pliskova. And she won in three sets. And then... Uh, Lionel Messi in Argentina defeated Brazil to win Copa America. That um, was a massive thing on the resume of Lionel Messi that went begging. And for years, he had gone in his career and never won the Copa America, which is a coveted football trophy. And finally, 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 Brazil, um, excuse me, Argentina won 
defeating Brazil in the Copa America final. That was a very important win for Argentina and for Lionel Messi. And now um, he now has on his resume a title win with his national team. He had never had that. Remember, he and Argentina were in the World Cup final in 2014 against Germany, and Germany won an extra time. And so Messi had never um, won any kind of honor outside of the domestic club honors. And um, finally, that has now happened. He's finally won a national honor, and uh, Argentina winning, uh, beating Brazil 1-0 in the Copa America final in Brazil, no less. And so... That is what you have there um, with Argentina. And of course, the UFC is going on as well and will be going on. Um, by the time you listen to this, it's probably going to be over. Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier in their third fight um, in the UFC. If you're a UFC fan, I'm not. But if you are or someone you know is, I'm sure you can watch that on pay-per-view. There is no way I'm going to spend a red cent to do that. I am waiting for the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder Part 3 fight in boxing to take place, which is, I think, scheduled for this month sometime. And I've not heard much yet, but it is scheduled for this month. So we'll see if indeed that does happen. So that's really um, all in terms of headlines that I want to get to. There's so much more out here, um, but there's just no time because I want to get onto something else here that I think is very important. And I'll just say it like this and I'll come back on the other side. The world is getting smaller while the corporations are getting bigger. Welcome back. I have a cynical theory here. The world really is getting smaller. That's not the cynical thing. That's a sense of reality. Population's growing, I guess, in many instances. In some instances, not. And the world's getting smaller. The resources are getting more scarce. The climate is destroying us, and our, or we're destroying it more, more accurately. And most of us don't give a rat's about it. We look at climate change and global warming as boring things and we don't care. Most of us, many of us don't. Half of us don't even recycle. Re what? What's that? What's recycling? You know, we don't give a rat's half of us. Half of us do and do dutifully recycle and put things in the right places and, and uh, save electricity and conserve this, that, the other and don't use plastic. And, and the other half of us don't give a rat's. I mean, let, that's, let's frankly, let's put it where it actually is. And then you've got the world shrinking and you've got these corporations becoming bigger and bigger and becoming more and more rapacious and more and more invasive and intrusive in your daily life. Now, do you care about that or do you not? Does that bother you that corporations now are now a part of your daily lexicon? They're in your life every day. You probably don't go a day without looking at Amazon or Google in some capacity. And you probably don't go a day without holding an iPhone, Apple. So it's a good bet that wherever you are on this planet, you are interacting with one of three companies on a daily basis. And 
in many instances, you may be interacting with that company minute by minute. And the three companies are Apple, Amazon, and Google. And not necessarily in that order. Daily, I guarantee almost every person on the planet, with some notable exceptions, has been interacting or has interacted, is interacting with one of those three companies I've just mentioned. Amazon, Apple, Google. And that is the reality here. And these companies play either a large role or a fairly small role in your day-to-day existence. You go on Amazon, you shop for something. You go on Google, Google, you search for something. You go on Apple, listening to your iPhone music, you're listening to this or that, or you're on the phone talking. These companies take on greater and greater and greater space in our lives. While perhaps the people we love, the people we care about, the things we want to do, become less and less prominent. And by the way, I should add to the corporations that I've mentioned, Facebook and Twitter. So think about it. You, there's a good chance that you are interacting with these five companies, sometimes all at once, sometimes maybe one or two during a day, and sometimes all five at some point during a day, there's a very good chance you are probably on a daily basis interacting with these five companies. Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, and Twitter. That's a good bet. And that means that corporations are beginning to take over your life and your fealty to them is governed by the amount of money that you may spend or the amount of time you may spend interacting with these companies. Some of these companies are super invasive, some of them not so much. I would say Amazon's very invasive and Google definitely is and Facebook definitely is. And these are the companies that give away your information. The New York Times did a very comprehensive report recently on Amazon and how it treats workers. Oh, God. You should never want to buy anything again from Amazon after you read that article. But people don't care. People do not care. They're just going to go and, including some people listening to me, they're going to go and just do Amazon. You know, they don't care about the human rights record. They just care about getting their product in the next five minutes. And that's the truth. It's not even cynical. That is the truth. End of. And so that's what we're dealing with. And does that bother you at all as a person? Does that bother you that you are interacting most likely with one, if not all five of the companies I mentioned earlier? But I want to expand this a bit more in the time I have on this episode to the following. And tie this in, and this is where the cynicism really comes in. Tie this into another factor that will shrink the world even more and make these corporate behemoths grow ever larger. And that is customer service. I am sure that everybody listening to me has had at least one 
pathetic, lousy, and rude customer service experience in their life. At least one. There is no one on the planet who is of a certain age who has not. Everyone has experienced at least one rude customer service person. Everyone has experienced something not going right, a product not being properly rendered or delivered or whatever it is. But where I really want to get to, dear listener, is something that I think is really happening. I think that customer service is in danger of being eliminated completely. And my cynical sense says that the customer service is getting worse and worse and companies are likely paying their workers less and less because they want to get rid of them. They want to get rid of them. Why do they want to get rid of human beings at customer service? Well, I've just answered the question, really. Because they want to automate everything. And some of these companies already are automating things. Amazon certainly is on a lot of levels with this same-day service thing and, you know, drones and freaking whatever else flying product to your home and this Amazon key thing that allows someone to open your door and leave a package in your house. I mean, you don't want to get it stolen, but then you want someone to come in your house and drop the package off? I don't think so. But that's what Amazon key is. Give me the special key and I'll come into your house with your package. Ooh, that's not intrusive at all now, is it? So on varying levels, people are are being more and more intruded upon by corporations. And this was brought about by the United States Congress. This was brought about by a lot of Republicans and some Democrats who happily voted for all this stuff during the Patriot Act. And this is the fruit of that now. Bearing its rotten ass before you all, before us all. And the idea, I think, is to make customer service as uncomfortable and as lousy and as rude as possible. Hands up in the back, hands up anywhere if you've experienced rude customer service in the past two weeks. Everybody's hands should be up. And I'm putting mine up right now. You can't see it, but my hand is up. We've all had that moment recently or in our lives at some point where you have had rude customer service people. And you've not been rude to them, but they're being rude to you. And you have to make a choice. Either you set them straight or you speak to a higher up in that organization if you so desire to. And I think, here's the cynical thing, that customer service not only is being dumbed down and maybe these people who are doing the customer service aren't getting paid adequately, but also the bosses don't care. And they've made it clear that they don't by their actions, by their behavior. And I'm telling you, the effort is to make customer service suck just enough for you to go to F with it, to hell with it. And for you to go to the self-service line, which is exactly what these companies want. So there's no human being to deal with, no human being to talk to, no human touch or interaction. I'm just going to just allow you to just come up here and not say a word and move on like a freaking robot does except at least a robot makes some sound 
They're turning us into blooming robots, I say. They're trying to automate our souls. And what they do not count on is that you have a voice and a heart and a soul. And you are going to make yourself heard. They want to automate the whole blooming country and the planet. That's what I think. Get rid of the customer service that sucks. You've had enough complaints about it. And now what are we going to do? We're going to just get robots in. So when you call us next, you're going to hear automated sound from these sophisticated robots and machines. And the people? (laughs) Fuck them. They can go fuck off. They're not going to have a job anymore. And that's where we are headed. We're already there. We are already in that zone, dear listener, that says that human beings have become superfluous and redundant. And we are going to replace them with robots because we want to, cynical alert, increase and maximize our profits. We want to be true sociopaths. And I warned over and over, I've told people offline, that all of this is going to be a nightmare. A nightmare. Did anybody listen? No, not at all. And the reality is, is that you go into a supermarket now, you have a load of self-service checkouts, and you only have, in many of these cases, two or three live cashiers two or three if you're lucky I go into a local store here in San Francisco there's only one cash register with a live person at it the other five are empty so this one person is doing the work of usually two or maybe three other people and are barely getting paid the increased wage in many instances. And they're asked to stay on and on and on, long days and nights. Now, all of this is for cost-cutting purposes, I think. And these corporations, as sociopathic as they are, and as psychopathic as they are, are deliberately doing this to put money in their coffers and then try to do other things that are going to benefit themselves. They don't want Anything to disrupt what they are doing. It's really horrible. There's no other word for it. Horrible. And it's very, very clear what's going on. You do not need to be a genius to see what's happening here. It is very clear. The world really is getting smaller and the corporations are getting bigger and the people are losing their jobs to robots in an automated world and if that does not scare you nothing will it's time to make some phone calls in Congress it's time to get busy and it's time to make sure that people are not losing their livelihoods.
Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. <laughs>